Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise God. Who do you sense the presence of God this morning? Hallelujah. We're growing. Amen. We're learning. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. God is getting us ready for what's next, not just here, but there. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, your, your participation in that's vital. So your participation in that is vital. Your participation in that is vital. The being prepared for what's next. And that's, that's part of that is being a good steward of what you already have and what you already know. Do what you know, Right. And the Lord will lead you and guide you into what you don't know, but you've got to be open to those things. Amen? So I believe the Lord's got some good things for us today. And um, uh, this morning, tonight, I've got a particular subject. Actually, uh, uh, you know, early December, I realized and remembered, you know, oh, yeah, Pastor, Pastor Angel, they're going to be gone in February. And immediately had this topic on my heart. So I want to talk about healing this morning. I know Pastor Angela did a series on Wednesday nights uh, back in October, I believe, in November on the subject of healing, a five-part message, and so if you are series, and if you didn't hear that, you can go back on the app, you can go online, a lot of places you can listen to that, um, and uh, hear those, they are great messages, a lot of great information, a lot of good practical things that were there, and, um, uh, but like I said, I had it on my heart to, uh, to talk about this, now, I'm not competing with Pastor Angela, and uh, I'm not trying to correct anything she said, because what she said was good, but um, how many know the truth of God's word, we can never get enough of it? And really has nothing to do with what's going on right now with Omicron or any other cron, right? It has nothing to do with that. Healing is a foundational truth in the Word of God. It's something that belongs to you and me as sons and daughters of the King. Healing belongs to us. Amen. And so it's something that we ought to be strong in. You know, the best way to live your life is live your life strong in this area, not where you're having to fight something, where you stay on top of it, right? Where you are always living in victory, not to say that things won't come your way and the enemy may not may try to come and, and bring something into your life, but if you're strong in this area, you can keep those things at bay, amen? You can, you can keep those things at, uh, at, at a distance, and a brother Hagin would always say, uh, he went for, I don't know how many years it was, but he went all of those years and he never had a headache, never had an issue. But he said, I had many opportunities to get a headache. He had a many opportunities for, for a headache. What, what was he talking about? The symptoms or the signs of a headache would begin to show up. Well, when he's strong, when a person's strong in what belongs to them, they know how to respond to a symptom. You know how, you, it's important you know how to respond to something. Not everything that shows up in your life belongs there. I'm going to say that again. Not everything that shows up in your life belongs there. Not everybody who comes to my house belongs to get, uh, is deserving of getting inside. If you live that way in your neighborhood, I've got some people I could probably tell you, tell them that, that you invite everybody in your house and your house will be empty by the time you get home from church today. No, you want to make sure that just because something shows up just like your house, just because they're there doesn't mean they come in. You have to monitor and be aware of what has access, what has right, what should be allowed in your life. I'm here to tell you, sickness and disease has no place in the life of a believer. Sickness and disease has no place in the life of a believer. Praise God. Go with me to Mark, the first chapter. Mark chapter 1. 
Now, this is going to be, uh, uh, I'm going to cover some things Pastor Angela talked about. Uh, felt impressed to go back over a few things, lay some foundational uh, issues or some, some foundational things. <clears throat> it's 1129, so I'm not real sure. You know, we don't have a lot of time this morning uh, to, to, to uh, in this morning's service. We're going to pick it up tonight. I encourage you to come back. Well, I'm feeling good, Pastor Greg. Well, great. You're the perfect candidate to come back. Amen. And even if you're needing things, come back tonight. We'll, we'll get more into it. But here in Mark chapter 1, this is verses 40 and 42. It says, Now a leper came to him, this is Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I tell you, I read this scripture and I can't, these scriptures, I can't help but to just appreciate my Savior, the Lord Jesus. I'm just so grateful for his compassion. You know, think of this situation. Leprosy was, was, a, was a vile disease and condition at that time. And it wasn't just a physical condition, it was a social condition. If you had leprosy, yeah, you had physical problems and physical ailments, but it affected every part of your life. Even socially, if you were a leper, you were an outcast. And uh, these people were, were, were some of the most pitiful, some of the most, uh, uh, had just in just such terrible suffering. In every, imagine being in a position where you've got a, I've got a disease or something that's ravaging your body, and yet at the same time, you can't even be around those that you love. At the same time, well, we have had some experience of that, haven't we? In recent months, you know, uh, in the last two years with this, when people have been sick, gone into the hospital, hospitals not allowing the people, people to go inside. I don't know if any of you have experienced that, but, uh, you know, that, that is, that's bothersome. That my loved one is in there and I can't be there. So this was something that was not only bad for the leper, but it was bad for the leper's family. Just because they had leprosy didn't mean that their family didn't want to be around them. They desired to be there. Be around. Sickness is a curse. It is, it, is a, it is straight from the pit of hell. Every sickness and disease, the Bible says a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Teenagers, what verse is that? That is what? John 10.10. Oh, come on, y'all. We've been talking about this on Wednesday nights. Y'all make me look bad up here. John 10.10, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. Jesus said, I have come. Jesus gave his word. I have come that they would have life and have it more abundantly. If it's bad, if it's stealing, killing, destroying, and how many of you know any sickness, any disease is stealing, killing, destroying. It may not kill your body, but it might ruin your day. That is stealing from you. He said, Jesus said, the master said, the son of God said, the word made flesh said, I have come for the only reason that you might have life and would have it more abundantly for no other reason. Sickness is of the devil. Amen. We have no place for this. And Jesus, it says he was moved with compassion despite this man's physical condition, how he looked. Now, they say people who had leprosy during the day, during that time, it's not what we call leprosy today, but it was a vile disease. It, it, it smelled bad. It looked bad. Everything, there was nothing good about it. 
There was nothing vogue about leprosy in that day. And Jesus didn't care the social stigma of touching someone, being around someone who had leprosy. The leper could get stoned for it, could be killed for it. But a person, that people being around them, the, the, the stigma and what would happen to you for being around them was, 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 was an awful thing. Jesus was moved with compassion for him. And he reached out and touched him and said, I'm willing to be cleansed. Oh, I don't know about anybody else, but that warms my heart. That makes me glad. Hallelujah. No matter what you're going through, you you don't, I don't see any lepers in the room, right? Jesus has compassion on you. If he reached out his hand to heal, then his hand is still extended today to heal. Amen. Healing belongs to you and I. So we want to look at uh, uh, some things, and, and um, uh, like I said, I want to cover some things Pastor Angela had talked about before, and uh, she did a great job. Like I said, you really should go back and listen to it. There was a lot of practical things on there that would be a real blessing to you, a real help to you. Uh, but in Mark 11, or Mark here in 1, 40 through 42, the question was asked, if you're willing, you can make me whole. I admire the fact that this leper at least was coming from the right, he was starting in the right place. And most people don't have an issue with the can you, can't, can't you issue where God is concerned. The very fact that, that God is God, if they believe there is a God, if they believe in God, the very fact that they believe in someone or something they call God automatically means that this individual, this person, this individual, this being has power. And so this person recognized that Jesus wasn't just a mere man. We'll look later uh, where somebody referred to him as a teacher. He knew that he wasn't a teacher. He knew that he was something more than that. And he said, if you're willing, you can make me whole. Uh, you know, there's a scripture in Matthew 19. It says, with, uh, with men, things are impossible. With God, all things are impossible. And we know with God, all things are possible. And I want to tell you this morning, we know God can, but you need to know that God can in you and for you. I'm going to say that again. I know we know generally, because we're all here, believers gathered together. We believe in the Lord Jesus. We believe in the Father. We believe in God, the Son of God. We believe in in the fact that he's omniscient. He's all-powerful. But I want to make sure we also make it personal. He's not just all-powerful, generally speaking. He's all-powerful where you are concerned. He's all powerful where in your situation, in your seat, no matter what it is, he is all powerful. One thing when a minister had said, actually Jim Hockaday, when we were, uh, Amy and I were out in Tulsa, I went to prayer school and spent a lot of time with Jim. And um, one of the things he's talked about when it comes to different, different diseases that there is nothing too big for God. We have to see things properly. And, 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 and this is something I'll just tell you, I'll be honest with you, this, this kind of gets under my skin a little bit when... And, you know, there are things that gets under your pastor's skin sometimes. No, I know it's hard to believe, right? There are things that gets under God's skin. Just ask the children of Israel. They got under his skin just a little bit. But anyway, if it wouldn't be, had been for old Moses, our Bible would look a little different. But Moses pled their case. But he would talk about, you know, so one of the things that kind of gets me a little bit is when we read a prayer, a prayer, a prayer request and sometimes you'll have a collective gasp. So-and-so's being diagnosed with this. And you'll have a, <gasps> we have to be careful what we really believe and what we really value and what we hold up on the higher throne, right? 
And this has got nothing to do with past experience. This has got everything to do about who God is. God can do anything. When it comes to the subject of healing, you need to get it settled for you once and for all, whether you're facing something, and even better, even if you're not facing something, no matter what it is, it might be impossible with men. The doctors thank God for medicine, but they may say, there's nothing we can do. I've had them tell me that. There's nothing we can do, right? When I was very young, I I was uh, very little. This is one of my earliest memories. Uh, Pastor and Pastor Angela talked about it before. I think I was two-ish. I really don't remember. I don't really know my date, birthday in that time. I was very young. It's one of my earliest memories. I had been diagnosed. Uh, I had gotten very sick. My parents had taken me to the hospital. And uh, one of my earliest memories being in an oxygen tent, looking out through an oxygen tent as a little kid. And I remember the light was kind of, I don't know if you've ever been in an oxygen tent and maybe they're different today than they were back then. I don't know. But I remember, I specifically remember the light looking weird through the, through the plastic and just looking odd. And I remember my dad leaving the room. They were in the room with me. My dad walked out and I remember I cried out. I called out, dad, don't leave dad, dad. Cause he just kind of left to go do something. And uh, I didn't know what was going on. I was a little kid. And so he left the room and I remember a nurse walked in that she frightened me. I was afraid of this nurse. I have no idea why, but I remember she just scared me. So I remember her coming in the room and me getting real quiet. You know, it was one of my earliest memories, but they had taken me to the hospital and, and uh, had me in this oxygen tent. And I don't know, Michelle, what is the, uh, I had spinal meningitis. There's two versions. One is they're both not, neither are good, but I had the bad one that, yeah, the bacterial, is that it? The bacterial. And they couldn't do anything for me. And so I had a very, very severe case. In fact, the doctors had told my parents that this is the worst case of bacterial spinal meningitis we have ever seen. Now, this wasn't a hospital, you know, in the corner somewhere. You know, this was, this was I believe it was St. Luke's Hospital in Jacksonville. This was, or Memorial, it was the big, it was Memorial. It was the, the hospital in Jacksonville at the time, the best of the best work there. And they said, this is the worst case we had ever seen. On top of that, I had bronco, bronchitis and pneumonia in both lungs, and I was in very, very serious condition. Well, you know, you can, you can have something that comes your way and that, that be there. And the doctors can tell you there's nothing we can do for you. Never let that shake you at all. If that, if something, we have to locate ourselves when a prayer request is read. If something on the inside of you is like, Ugh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. You need to deal with that. You need to be quick to jump on that. So-and-so was, so was diagnosed with this. So-and-so's in the hospital. So-and-so's on a ventilator from COVID. Oh my. You know what that is? It's what that is. Let's be honest. What that is, is it's a, I'm sorry for that person, but it's more, oh Lord, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Can we be honest? That's really, that sounds terrible. And I'm glad it's not me. That's another way of saying, I hope it's not, hope that never happens to me. Right? We need to deal with it. Listen, thank God for medicine, but but God is bigger than that. With men, things might be impossible. With God, what? All, everybody say what? All, all things are possible. All things are possible. This is a big deal. All things are possible. Jim Hockaday, going back to him. He would say, somebody would show in, Jim ran a healing school at Ramah for many years and people would show up with all, typically people would show up to healing school when they had come to the end of their road. And this is another thing. Don't wait to run to God when you've run everywhere else and there's nobody nowhere else to run. Right? 
Because that's an indication. Now, like I said, we are 100% for using medicine, going to doctors. They're great. It's a blessing. Listen to Pastor Angela a few weeks back. They're wonderful. They're a blessing. Use them. I've gone to the doctor. I'll go to the doctor as the Lord leads. Have no problem with it. And, and it's not an issue at all. But we ought to run to the, the physician Jesus before we run to anybody else. And he would have people that would show up and, and they, had, they had been given up to die, oftentimes given days, just a few days, a few weeks to live. And they'd make their way to, 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 to Tulsa to go to healing school. They, and this is all they've got left. This is, their, this, is, this is it. If this doesn't work, they're going home. And Jim would say, listen, if God, did, who's the one that made those cells in your body in the first place? Who made those cells? Well, God did. Did you make them? No. Who made them? God did. Right? We believe God made everything, right? He made them. Well, when a cell goes wrong, cancer is a cell that has mutated and is not functioning properly. If God made them in the original and the enemy wants to pervert something and make it do what it shouldn't be, don't you think God, the one who made it in the beginning, could fix it or make that, that, that bad cell die? We need to see it. Cancer, it, 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 it's, a, it's a horrible thing, but it's not bigger than our Jesus. Any sickness, any disease, COVID, I tell you, one of the things that has caused COVID to be the issue that it is, part of this has been the fear that has been put behind this whole thing, has been fear, 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 and ask old Job what you greatly fear can and will come on you. Oh, what happened to Job? And he said, if it's good, it's from God. If it's bad, it's from the devil. What about old Job? Job gave it up. He said, the thing that I've greatly feared has come upon me. What is fear? Fear is faith in the wrong God. It's faith in the little G, the God of this world, of what could happen, what might happen. We need to resist fear. These are things we know, but it's not just in the knowing, it's in the doing. That's why you take every thought captive, everything that rears his ugly, stupid head, you take that thing captive and you annihilate it through the word of God. It's vital that we do this. God is able. And of course, you know, in Mark chapter nine, it goes on to say, well, that's great, Pastor Greg, God's able, but you know, I'm not God. Yeah, that is, that's good news for some of us. I'm not God, Pastor Greg. How many know you're not God? I'm not God either. But in Mark chapter nine, he said, uh, this, this man had come to him and, um, uh, let me see. I don't want to read all of these scriptures. We're running out of time. Uh, a great multitude was around him. And, and anyway, Mark chapter nine, uh, yeah, that's right. This is this boy, this man who had brought his son. And, uh, in Mark chapter nine, the 22nd verse, and he often, he said, he often has uh, thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. What a terrible place to be in as a father where your child has been tormented by the devil, tormented by the devil, tormented by the devil. It's important. We recognize where these things come from. The thief comes to steal. Why, why is that such a big deal? Because religion has said other things. Religion has said something else, and they said, and really, the reason why religion and people say these, I never forget when my, you know, I wasn't there, never forget I wasn't there, but my, my dad talking about it, when his dad passed away, he was 11 years old, your dad as an 11-year-old dying in a tragic accident in the backyard, it's not the will of God. That's not a blessing to you. And people at the funeral, 
would people that come to the house and they're mourning and they're trying to make him feel better. And they say, well, you know, uh, you know, God did this, you know, God, God, same thing when his sister died she died on the operating table at 14 years old, going in for routine surgery. She just mysteriously died on the operating table. People said, well, the Lord needed another angel in his, in his, in his garden, another flower in his garden, another angel up there. My dad said that was specifically, those comments were some of the very reasons why he rebelled. Up to that point, he wasn't a rebellious kid. He was only 11. But those comments, he said, if God would take my daddy, I don't want to serve a God like that. But people say these things because they're trying to offer help. They're trying to offer condolence. Let's be careful when we're, 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 we're comforting people. We not do it unscripturally or cause there to be an opportunity, right, for doubt to come in and give the opportunity for the devil to move in. We've got to see these things for what they are. I said, we've got to see these things for what they are. And so this man brought his son. He said, you know, he often throws him into the fire and into the water. He, but he goes on to say, verse 20, see, he, to 22, to Jesus, he said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Obviously, he didn't know who he was talking to. And I actually believe this is the, the one where he, he had called him teacher. Yeah. In the 16th verse, Mark chapter 9, verse 16, he didn't say son of God. He said teacher. He didn't know who Jesus really was. Listen, God will work with what you don't know. I said, God will work with what you don't know. But laziness is not an excuse to not know more. Sometimes we, me, we, all of us, right? We want to say, well, I, you know, if, 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 if God, if, if there's more to know and God will work with what I don't know, I'll just stay ignorant in an area. So God will keep working for me because that's easier on me. You do know there are a lot of people who are like that, right? In, in not just this, but in all kinds of areas. If somebody else will do it for me, well, then I won't put a whole lot of effort into it because if I do, then I'm required to do something for myself. No, God has given us his word, right? He's given us good churches to belong to. He calls you and tells you to be somewhere. Why? So you can grow in those things. That's why it's important. And I know people hate it when the pastor says be in church, but you should be in church because this is the place God has for you. You can get stuff on your own, but not like you can when you're together. That's why Jesus called the church together. I believe that he's building his church and he probably knows what he's doing since it's his church. And he, and the word says to do it all the more as you see the day approaching. Is this my public service announcement from the morning? Yeah. Don't be offended at that. Just, just, you know, and don't just submit to your pastors just submit to God. There's such blessing there. But he, he said to Jesus, he called him teacher. Then verse 22 said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, he quickly turned. He said, if you can believe. He flipped the script on him real quick. If I can do anything, how about if you can believe? He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So not only are all things possible to God, the things that are impossible to men are possible to God. But Jesus, the master said, if you can believe all things are possible to you. Hey, hey, hey. I tell you, the reality of that ought to stir your heart. You ought to let that grow and build on the inside of you. You are not void. You are not missing out. You are not being held at bay in any single area. If you will believe all things are possible to him or her who believes. If we really believe that, if we really trust what the master said, we'll get real busy finding out what he's taught, what he's promised us and make sure we believe it because it's all possible. 
It's possible not to have a single broke person at Impact Family Church. It's possible to have a church full of people that are well supplied, abundantly supplied. It is possible to have no sick people at Impact Family Church. It is 100% possible. In fact, is there sickness in heaven? When you think about the pearly gates and those naked babies flying around shooting arrows at each other, do, do those naked babies flying around shooting arrows, do they have like skin up legs and they one that's got a broken arm can barely pull his arrow back like he's got a little gimpy arm and he can't really do anything about it? Is that, is that, is that the way we picture heaven? You know, there's not naked babies flying around and shooting arrows at each other. Heaven's a real place. But it's a place where we're going, and there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's none of those things. If that's God's will for us there, we would be foolish to think that's God's will for us here. Because I don't become more of a son of God when I step across those th- the threshold as I did the moment I said, I believe Jesus is the son of God and I confess him as Lord. When I became a new creature in Christ Jesus, uh, the Bible says that all things are now of God. I don't, that doesn't happen again when I get to heaven. It happened when I accepted Jesus. And now all things are of God. Everything he has belongs to me. That's not being rude. God wants you to look at it that way. Do you think God's offended by people in heaven? Like, yeah, I got my, my bills, my water bills due on the mansion. Uh, Father, you built me a really big mansion and the water bills a little bigger than I was expecting this month, you know, and had to fill that, you know, 10 time Olympic swimming pool, you know, and, uh, and we wanted to heat it cause it was a little cold out. So we, you know, we heated it. And of course my electric bill is really high. So I, I, do you think you could spot me a little bit for this next First of all, we know that's not the way it's going to be. Whatever we need just gets taken care of. I said, whatever we need gets taken care of. I said, whatever we need gets taken care of. How many realize he's the same daddy here as he's the same daddy there? We got to see things the right way. And I am nowhere near going to get through the things I want to talk about this morning. But it's good. It's good for us. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. This is an important fact. You've got to get this settled. God wants you to be healed. God wants your family whole. God doesn't want any sickness and any disease in your life at all. He doesn't want a single bit of it. Go to 3 John. We'll look at the second verse. It's just one chapter. 3 John, verse 2. These are things that you should listen to over and over and over, not just because you get to hear my lovely voice, but because it's God's word. What's the Bible say? How does faith come? How does faith come? By what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, there's a part of it. You have to accept it. But I do know this. The more you hear something, the more you believe it. The more you hear something, the more you believe it. And especially when it has actual, real reality, truth behind it. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. Listen to these things. Meditate on these things. Feed on these things. They'll be a help to you. What did I say? Third John. Third John 2. We know this verse. It said, beloved. Who's he talking here to? Believers. You, me. We can make it personal. Greg. Put your name in there. Beloved, I pray that you, what may prosper in all things and be in health, even or just as your soul prospers. Thank God for Greek interlinear Bibles, but that word soul 
is not your mind, it's actually your spirit. He said, I want you to prosper and be in health, right? Just as your soul or your spirits prosper. You know, I know back in the day when we first moved here and, and, and years ago, all those 40 some odd years ago, uh, and throughout the time, you know, we had, we got some criticism from people, you know, you're that health and wealth church. You preach that health and wealth gospel. I, 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 my response has always been, do you know how to read? I'm not trying to be rude, but I know religion says one thing, but I don't care what religion said. Listen, I love grandma, but no, I don't care what grandma said. If it doesn't line up with what Jesus said, what the Holy Ghost authored, I'm not going to believe that. John, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, said, Beloved, I, he wasn't just saying, I, John, he was saying, this is God's perspective. He said, I want you to prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers, just as your soul prospers. Does he want you to grow spiritually? Does he want you to grow spiritually? Is there any debate that God wants us to grow spiritually? No, there's no debate on that. First Peter 2, 2 says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, right? Why? That you may, what? Grow thereby. God loves babies. He loves children, but he loves them to grow up. I love my kids. I've told people, I've said, you know, now that I'm on kind of the older, other side of having little kids, I, I am so grateful I am, I, I mean, I, I have fond memories of those days, but I am so glad to be on this side where I can say, you know what, Jack, we need some milk. The milk ran out because you drank it all. Or actually it's Nate who drank all the milk. The milk's out. Hey, you know that, that car you got sitting in the driveway? Why don't you get in it, put your little backside in it, crank it and go to the store and get me some milk. Right? Any parents know what I'm talking about when your kids get that place? And oh, hallelujah, I got another one in just a couple months going to join the driving crowd. Yeah. Nate's going to be driving. He's just getting milk. And Jack, uh, Nate's going to be getting me Oreo cookies. Woo, it's going to be great, right? No, it's a great thing. When they're little, it's a lot. It, you, you love your kids, but you want them to grow up. Babies are cute, they're not real useful. Can we be honest? Babies are cute. They're not real useful. You can't tell a newborn to go mow the yard, but I can tell my 14 year old, go get on the zero turn and mow the yard, right? You can't have real conversations with a baby. I'm sorry. I never learned what goo gaga meant. I never got it. I never, it usually meant feed me or change my diaper. That's basically all they had to say. There was no real fellowship there. God loves babies. Listen, come on now. This, this, this. We ought to love babies, spiritual babies. There ought to be a driving you to reach people for Jesus. He gave up too much for us to sit on our backside and enjoy our salvation while the world goes to hell all around us. Jesus loved us enough to not enjoy what he had. He got off his throne and came to earth and gave up his life for you and for me. We must do the same thing for somebody else. I'm telling you. What does that mean? I mean, we all, we all, I'm being nice. We all need to get busy reaching people. God loves babies. God loves, the Bible says that heaven rejoices 
when some come, someone comes to the knowledge, heaven rejoices. They absolutely flip out. Party time when someone comes to the knowledge of the truth. I'm telling you, develop a heart for people. There's been no, more, no greater time in human history to reach people than right now. The earth is full of people who need what you have. Don't be selfish and sit on it for yourself. If you got to do something that means a little bit of inconvenience to reach somebody, it's worth it. I said, it's worth it. I said, it's worth it. And let me tell you, it's worth it now, but it's going to be, you're going to realize how worth it it is later. There's this thing called the soul winner's crown. I want me one of them, right? There's a lot. Now I'm going to lay it at the feet of Jesus, but I want me one of them. I don't want to be the guy who can't present the very heart of the father to my savior, which is to seek and save the lost. Think about that. When you don't have a heart to reach people, when it doesn't motivate you and run your life, yeah, but I got other things to do. Nothing's more important. Nothing's more important. That's the only reason we're here. And if you get to heaven and you don't have that crown because you were never interested, by default, that means you were interested in yourself. I'm not trying to be mean. This is reality. That's what it means. I was more consumed with my stuff than I was the father's stuff. You can have the best of the best here, but the best of the best here won't make it to there. But when the crowns will have us to lay at the feet of Jesus is the soul winner's crown. I want one of those. I don't want to be one of those people who doesn't have that to lay at the feet of Jesus. Jesus loves babies, but he wants them to grow up. He wants them to grow up, wants them to develop. That scripture says, beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That word just as, it's the Greek word kathos. And it means even as or according as, in proportion as, in the degree as. So we know that the, the, the Bible, the Lord, the Spirit of God wants you to grow spiritually. Why? Because he wants you to grow up. Because that way you can have fellowship and then you can be useful for the master's service. He wants you to grow up. He wants you to get it past attitudes, past things. He wants you to get over it. Let the word of God rule in your life. Get past other priorities, right? Take his, pers- that's why I pray for an eternal perspective. I pray that every day of myself, Lord, help me to see things the way you see things through an eternal perspective. This life is short. Let me manage my days well. Let me, let me, let me, let me live this life well, right? I don't have to do everything, but I do need to respond to what the Lord tells me to do. And not listening is not an excuse. He wants us to grow. But that word just as, the Spirit of God said, just to the same degree, the passion he wants you to grow and the magnitude he wants you to grow spiritually, he wants you to prosper and to be in health. I'm going to read this. This is a, a quote John G. Lake made. I don't know if you've ever heard of John G., John Graham Lake. Uh, he was, uh, lived from 1870 to 1935. He was called the Apostle of Africa. And um, this is a man that Amy and I love. In fact, John, Jack, Jack is the nickname for John. That's real confusing, but uh, I don't know why we just call him John. Anyway, we named him after John G. Lake, but instead of John Graham, it's John Gregory. Put my name in there. So anyway, me and John G. Lake are right up there. But anyway, this is what John G. Lake, John G. Lake said. We love John G. Lake. He was used by God in an incredible way. You ought to go back and read some of the things that God used John G. Lake to do. In the, but read from the perspective of 
He didn't just use, because John G. Lake was something special. John G. Lake had some crazy ideas, and he had to learn a lot of things. People were raised from the dead in his ministry. They put the bubonic, is that how you say it? The boo, boo, boobonic. Yeah, not boo, boobonic plague, right? In his hand, cultures in his hand, the live virus in his hand. That's, that's far, if you look at the numbers, oh, the deaths of COVID. Look at the deaths of the bubonic plague. And there weren't even that many people here at that time. It ravaged the earth. They put it in his hand and it died under the microscope in his hand. Just to come in contact with a man of God, it died. This man understood some things. This is what he wrote. Are y'all okay? We got it. I know we'll, we'll finish up here with just a second. Then you can come back tonight. He said, years ago, I found myself like my brother, but worse crippled than he. His brother had some, some problems and was crippled. He said, but I was worse than he. When my legs drew out of shape and my body became distorted by the common curse of rheumatism, that is of the devil. Of the devil. So when it became distorted by, now that's not saying there's anything wrong with John G. Lake. That's just, that's the work of the devil. You got to understand, well, people say, what did you do to deserve it? The devil is a jerk. You don't deserve this. How many of we don't live? Well, maybe you do deserve things, but we don't live by what we deserve. We get what Christ provided for us. When you accept Jesus, you are qualified for everything Jesus did for you. You maybe did deserve it. You no longer deserve it. Why? You are a child of God. And every bit of you, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, now all things are of God. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You no longer deserve it. Don't let the devil lie to you. You don't deserve that. If you know Jesus, you don't deserve it. He said, uh, as my pastor said, this is the kind of preachers you'd like to strangle. In love. Brother, you are glorifying God. And my church said, brother, be patient and endure it. Let the sweetness of the Lord possess your soul. He said, I was good enough to believe it for a long time until one day I discovered that it was not the will of God at all, but it was the will of the dirty, crooked-legged devil that wanted to make me like himself. You got to see things for who they really are. The devil's a jerk, right? He's a liar. There's no truth in him. And then, bless God, everything was changed, and I laid down everything and went to Chicago, the only place where I knew that a man could get healed. I went to John Alexander Dowie's Divine Healing Home at 12th and Michigan Street, and an old gray-headed man came and laid his hands on me, and the power of God went through my being and made my legs straight, and I went out, notice, I went out and walked on the street like a Christian. He said, I went out and I walked on the street like a Christian. There's some insight here for us. Don't be discouraged because you're facing something. Be encouraged. That's who you are. No matter where you find yourself right now, the word of God will take you where you need to be. We'll get into it. Jesus has already secured you walking like a Christian, living like a Christian, free in your mind like a Christian, free in your hands, every part of you free, your blood free, your heart free, like a believer. We're not going to be sick then. We have no reason for us to be sick now. He went on to say, he said, do you know my legs straightened out? And it taught me the beginning of one of the deepest lessons that ever came to my life. This is before, he, before God used to do any of these miracles. Listen, learn how to get it for yourself. God will use you to give it to somebody else. He said, it taught me that God did not, notice this, it taught me that God did not appreciate a man with crooked legs any more than he does a crooked soul. 
I saw the abundant power of the gospel of salvation and that it was placed at the disposal of a man to remove the unchristlikeness of his life. And if there was unchristlikeness in his body, we could get rid of the curse by coming to God and being made whole. <sighs> There's a mouthful in those statements right there. He said, I walked out like a Christian. It taught me God did not appreciate a man with crooked legs any more than he does a crooked soul. He called it unchristlikeness in his life, unchristlikeness in his body. Did Jesus have problems? Did Jesus suffer from sickness and disease? No. Now, sickness was put on him in the cross for our sake. But to that point, he lived a life perfect. He never, he never, he never had a cold. He never, he, never had, he never had a single issue. He walked in victory over every single thing the enemy brought. Anything else is unchristlike. Let's be, let's desire to move forward. Pastor Greg, are you there yet? No, but I'm not going to be here forever. I'm moving on. You need to have the same attitude. I may not have it all figured out, but I tell you what, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get a hold of what belongs. I'm going to be a better representation of Christ. It's, it's available to you. At what point are you satisfied? At what point are you satisfied? Can I tell you this? I was in, uh, I, we, I, I know we got to stop, 205. All right. I was skiing a few years ago. You know me, I like to ski. And uh, we, were, we were skiing, and uh, we were in Aspen, and uh, we were in, a, in the back country, in the Hanging Valley Wall area. It's all double diamonds, and you've got, you know, EX double diamonds back there. If you don't know what that is, uh, they can be a little scary, right? You should not go back there. So uh, this is what I ski is what I like to do. So this morning, Jordan, cool, huh? he's my nephew. Is he here? I don't know. Yeah, there he is. Jordan remembers this day because he heard me screaming like a girl at the top of my lungs. But anyway, we're going up the lift, you know, a first morning, first tracks, right? We've done this run, this area a bunch of times, so much so that we got back. We didn't look at a trail map. We just went. We got up there and let you. That's why I love that part because that area, you don't need a map. Just if you see something that looks nice, you go ski it, you know, just go for it. And, and you have to be somewhat competent in what you're doing. Not saying that I'm great, but I can handle myself. So this particular run, you know, we had done this many times on the ski lift on the way up there on the inside. I, I didn't hear the spirit of God say this to me, but I just knew on the inside when you get up there, the first run, don't you need to sit down and turn your skis and go down it. Now, someone who likes to ski that kind of stuff, I mean, you see people who sit down at the top of a really steep run, sit down, and then move their skis. You know, that person doesn't know what they're doing, right? I'm not that guy. I know how to ski. So I, I thought, well, that's a little weird. And so we went out. I didn't think much else about it. So we got up there, and we skied down into the Hanging Valley Wall. We got to this particular run, and it was steep. And as soon as we got there, I remembered, sit down, turn your skis. And I thought, I got my nephew here with me. You know, and, and I got I got to be tough, you know, and, and 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 so I'm not sitting down. There might be people on the lift way over there through the trees. that can see me. I don't want to be that guy. And so I just went. How many know it pays to obey the Holy Ghost? I didn't get the first bit of the first turn in nothing but ice. I fell down that thing. It was very steep. When you ski that kind of skiing, you have your bindings on very tight. You don't want to lose your skis back there because you will never find them again. It's very deep snow sometimes, lots of things. You don't want that happening. Well, if you fall, that's a problem because they are heavy. And when you start sliding down a hill, falling, not sliding, falling, they go wherever they want. Your knees are at their mercy. Soon as I fell, it's one of those moments, everything kind of slows down. Lord, forgive me. I am such an idiot. At this point, I've already disobeyed. I'm falling. My skis are going every different direction, this direction, that direction. I knew instantly my, 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 my tendons are torn. I didn't know at the time. My knee was out of place. 
My left knee was out of, was, was dislocated. All I knew is it hurt bad. You ever torn something like that? The, the burning feeling is, is it's kind of crazy. It's like, it's, you feel like somebody's poking you with lava or something. It burned. And then there was this other weird pain on top of it. Yeah. I, Jordy was smart. He saw it. He went around it. Me, I, I'm not smart. I did. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He went down. He's waiting for me and he sees me because I waited for him to get to the bottom before I went. He watches me fall and he hears me screaming. Long story short, got down. I was screaming my head off. The Lord had mercy on me. The head of the ski patrol happened to be skiing in that area. It was his day off, and he heard someone screaming. So he made his way my direction. Thank you, Lord. He was there. I'm yelling at Jordy, move my leg. And, he, and, and he's like, and I said, don't move my leg. I'm screaming at him. He said, I'm not touching your leg. He's screaming at me. I, we're just screaming at each other. You know, it was, it was, I wish I had, a, I wish I had that on video now because we're just screaming at each other. He's just trying to help, and I'm screaming at him. I'm screaming at everything. I'm in pain. This guy shows up. They Anyway, long story short, they, it's, it's, he calls Ski Patrol, said, listen, this is such a bad area. You need to ski out of here on your own. We can get you out of here, but it's, it's actually dangerous for our Ski Patrol to try to carry you out of here. You need to do this on your own. We'll help you find the easiest way down, but if you can do it, you need to do it. Those are not things you want to hear, right? They stood me up, got up on it. I skied my way out. They took me through the best path, went in. They told me to go to the medical center down. I got down there. I, chose, I, said, I said, now you need to do what you, your heart tells you to do. I got down there. I, I said, I don't need to go here. I'm not going to go. Because they, I knew that if I got an x-ray or MRI down there and they told me this is what's happened to you, my wife's not going to let me ski anymore. And this was like day two of our vacation. And I got day, I, I got lift tickets. I got to use these things, right? So I said, all right, I'm not going to. I went, I went to the house. I couldn't sleep at night. The weight of my foot would pull my knee out of place. Just the weight of my foot laying in bed would pull my knee out of place. And that pain, hallelujah. I mean, I, ah, I mean, it hurt, right? But I had to ski. And so the next day I got my kids and we went and we skied. You remember we skied black diamond tree runs the next several days. I didn't go back to the double diamonds, but we did black, black diamond tree runs for the next several days. We skied in and out. I had no problem skiing. But then I couldn't walk. I couldn't sleep. The weight of my foot's pulling out of socket, but but I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't sleep. But I could ski. I was I was mad. I was like, God, what's up with this? You ever had those moments you have a conversation? Lord, what's going on with that kind of voice? Right? What's happening? What's happening? I was mad. And the Lord says something to me. Uh, uh, he he he. You ever had the Lord answer you when you give him that voice, he gives you one back like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, because you're okay. He said, you're willing to accept it. Meaning I was willing to accept not being able to sleep and can't walk and my leg being all swollen up like crazy, but I wasn't willing to accept that means I can't ski. I was like, oh. So this has got 100% to do with me. I can ski, which you, you can't do that with your leg in that shape, right? But I could ski because I was willing to accept not being able to sleep, but wasn't willing to accept not being able to ski. The whole point is don't accept sickness and disease in your life for any reason. You will have what you're willing to accept, right? We'll talk more about tonight about some more of these things we'll get into to how you access this. I don't have all the answers, but we got some things that will help us, right? We have God's word. He'll help us. 
Don't accept these things in your life. God wants you 100% healthy. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.